Welcome to Try, Try Again with Catherine Velez, a podcast dedicated to relationships, the one with yourself and others. This week, I spoke with a colleague from the South, not Southern California or SoCal, as some of us call it, but the real South, Mississippi. His manner of speaking felt like home to me. Much of my maternal side of the family has and have a Southern accent. It felt refreshingly different and comfortably familiar all at once. We started by discussing professional things, but we quickly slipped into an easy, more casual rhythm. And we talked in generalities about the shared work we do. I asked about his therapeutic philosophy, thinking he would answer with something like gestalt or cognitive behavioral or existential. Muddy bottom, he said. The key is convincing clients there's a bottom, even though they can't see it, and then accompanying them on that journey to find it and rise back up. Muddy bottom. I liked it, and I thought about it. I thought about how often we're in those dark depths, trying to find our way, believing our feelings, our struggles are bottomless, without end. Why are we unable to see the bottom? What does muddy the waters for us. I was immediately put in mind of the quote by Vietnamese monk and peace activist Thich Nhat Hanh, who, in speaking about transforming suffering, said, no mud, no lotus. He says that we often try to run from suffering or cover it up by consuming. He tells us the secret is to acknowledge suffering Embrace it and transform it. Without mud, the lotus flower doesn't grow. Without the mud of the Mississippi, the fertile crops would not grow with such proliferation. Without our muddled psyches at times, we might never stop to examine and grow. If you are suffering right now, and so many of us are, is it possible that you might be able to shift your thinking just a little and wonder at the possibility that suffering and happiness are not separate ideas. If we consider the goal is to incorporate and make sense of our feelings and our experiences, can you make space for suffering in that equation? Is it possible at the times when you're suffering to also, along with the pain and the tears, have the thought and recognize that this is the path of happiness as well. We are so caught up in duality that we look at things as black and white or sin and forgiveness or pain and pleasure, suffering and happiness. Would it be helpful to change our perspective to rid ourselves of that duality as Thich Nhat Hanh suggests? I was having a conversation the other day with someone who told me that he was feeling depressed and he'd had a really tearful day along with feeling he was actually doing well and healing. He asked me, do you think I'm crazy? Is it possible to still feel down and sad yet also feel as if I'm doing well and maybe even thriving? I used to think it was despite the depression and anxiety I could feel whole and healthy, but maybe it's because of it. How remarkable. What an amazing realization to have. Maybe my Southern colleague and his metaphor are not 
quite accurate. Maybe we don't ever need to see the bottom. Maybe we can trust that the pain and suffering and some of the uncertainty are not just an unfortunate part of life to be avoided or endured, but it's also necessary. And even, and I know this will sound a little out there, but even sometimes desired. And I'll explain what I mean by that in a moment. This process is not easy. And I know some of you listening are in tremendous pain and need relief from that pain, sometimes at almost any cost, which is why we often turn to addictions. We want relief from the pain. But the fear of pain, the running from it, the numbing it, almost always creates more suffering for us and others. What if, what if relief from the pain came from embracing the pain, acknowledging that this is the process by which we live and that it cannot be avoided? What would that look like for you to embrace your pain, to feel it, to endure it? And the second part of this that I believe is key is finding meaning, learning from our pain, or at least acknowledge its meaning in our lives. What helps us embrace our suffering and grow is attributing meaning to loss and pain and the things that occur in our life that feel unbearable. In Finding Meeting, the Sixth Stage of Grief by David Kessler, he talks about just this subject. Two people I know lost their mothers around the same time and both were very close to their mothers. They both have talked about the pain they felt emotionally and physically. It hurt in all ways. John refuses to even talk about his mother. He is overwhelmed by the pain, and even a year later, he's in deep mourning and unable to find meaning or relief. He is drinking more, and he is isolated from friends and family. When asked what this loss has meant to him, he states it has meant nothing but pain, and he is choosing to avoid thinking or talking about it. Richard is also still in pain over the loss of his mother. He has worked to share his pain and to connect with family and friends. He talks about the legacy his mother left for him and his siblings and his children. He talks about seeing her again and even talks to her directly at times. He says he feels the pain and the comfort simultaneously. He has found a way to stay connected to her and make meaning of her death. There is no right or wrong way to grieve or deal with our pain. Both men are mourning their mothers, and there's no judgment around how they are enduring this loss. What I see as an observer is John is suffering, and perhaps more deeply because he's trying so hard to avoid the suffering. Richard is in pain as well. However, the combination of feeling the pain and seeking meaning has resulted in great comfort. And I wonder if it has also resulted in less suffering. Accepting pain and seeking meaning can feel as if it runs counter to what our culture teaches us. When did we start believing or sending ourselves the message that we shouldn't have to endure pain? We have an oxycodone epidemic in this country. We have an epidemic of addiction to all kinds of mind and body and spirit numbing substances and activities. We are out of balance in so many ways. And I'm not saying we shouldn't avail ourselves of modern medicine and pain relievers. Absolutely we should. But 
I also encourage you to think about the productive part of pain. Pain is a symptom of something and we need to feel it to heal from it. Pain after a loss is a side effect of having loved. And usually the greater the love, the greater the pain. Embrace that pain, wear it, hold on to it because you loved that much and that hard. I know in my own world, I have been hesitant to release my pain, wanting to hold on to it because the pain kept me connected and feeling the loved one I missed so much. I was grateful for the pain in a very real way. And as it started to fade, as most pain does, I found myself missing it in an odd way. The intensity of feeling, whether it is love or pain, and usually a combination of both, can be a reminder of how much we have loved. I know it seems counterintuitive to suggest embracing pain when our natural inclination is to want to avoid it. But if you are in pain, if you are mourning a loss, if you're struggling, I encourage you to read the books by David Kessler and Thich Nhat Hanh and work with your therapist in exploring how you might make meaning of your grief and embrace that pain to find comfort and release. Have a week filled with meaning and love.